Welcome to Superman and Lois, The New Adventures. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we, of course, are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 2 of the CW's Superman and Lois, The Ties That Bind. Uh, before we do that, a couple small bits of news. Uh, Superman and Lois, we have an episode count for Season 1. It's going to be 15, for Season 2, I should say. It's going to be 15 episodes, just like Season 1. This was revealed by showrunner Todd Helping. He went on the Hall of Justice podcast. I recommend listening to that if you want to hear some cool behind-the-scenes stuff on Superman and Lois and, and how the show came about and all of that stuff. It's not spoilery for going forward, but it does touch on some things going on. So, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, how the show was initially more tied into Crisis, but with for whatever reason and the delay and all of that, they moved away from that. Um, part of that was Clark was initially going to struggle with the boys because they went from newborn to teenagers from Crisis. They were going to, like, make that a plot point, um, but they ended up staying away from that so there's some some good stuff in there if you want to hear some nuggets and and all that but the big news is that superman and lois season two will be 15 episodes again yeah this this isn't super surprising i i suspected it would be about the the same length but it's it's nice to know officially that it will be exactly the same length and i i think that is a that's a good length to tell uh, a good story with i i like the 15 episode season yeah i'm i'm fine with with 15 episodes i don't have i don't i'm not one who is heavily for or against short or long seasons. So this is kind of right in the middle anyway, and I, I'm fine with that. Other news, Superman and Lois is going to be at Paley Fest 2022. This, as long as there's no setbacks, is scheduled to be the first in-person Paley Fest in three years. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but what the, they have panels there and they, but Superman and Lois was one of the shows chosen for that and they will uh, it's meant to honor prestigious TV and all sorts of things. I don't know how exactly it works, but I know Arrow and The Flash, I think, have had panels before. I've never really seen much other. I think I watched like a Parks and Rec one, Retroactive. They're kind of like Comic-Con, um, although they get to have a little more time and are a little more in-depth. And Jordan Todd Helming, Bitsy Tullock, Tyler Hecklin, and, and much of the cast are scheduled to be there. And this will be April 3rd, I believe, uh, Sunday, April 3rd. That should be around the time they're wrapping up filming. Yeah, and maybe we'll get some information out of that. But either way, just to see some interviews and hopefully get some behind-the-scenes information and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I hope it can go forward, and it would be cool to, to get to see that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I guess we can get into the episode. All right, so Season 2, Episode 2, The Ties That Bind. Clark opens up to Lois about his ongoing struggle with visions and admits that there's only one person who might be able to help. Meanwhile, Lana receives some unexpected news and tensions begin to rise between Lois and Chrissy. Lastly, Sarah breaks plans with Jordan to spend time with Natalie. And this was directed by David Ramsey, known as John Diggle to fans of Arrow. He directed one episode in season one. It was written by Christy Korzak, who did three credits for season one, and Michael Narducci, who also had three credits from season one for writing. So bringing out some familiar faces again for the second episode of the season. Yeah. What did you what did you think of this episode? I uh I think I'm leaning towards negative on this episode. This might I'm trying to think back, but this is this is towards the bottom of all the episodes I've seen of this show so far. Um and there are don't get me wrong, there's lots of good things in this episode, but they're weighed down with some stuff that I really, really don't like. And we will we'll talk about that uh, as we get in further. And there are things that I feel like I should like that I ended up not liking because of the way they did it. And that's about as generic as I can make it, but we'll we'll get into spoilers as we get into plot. But that's overall definitely not the strongest episode. And this is one of the ones where I think when I go back and I, you know, 10 years down the road and I'm picking out episodes to just watch at random, 
this will not be one of them. Interesting. I um I think I liked it a lot more than you. I there are some some flaws to get into, particularly some decision making by one character it was pretty questionable throughout the episode. But there's a lot of good stuff here, and I really enjoyed. This has as many meaningful references to the Superman mythology in terms of characters and things like that were some surprising ones. The show doesn't always reference them. I know there's Easter eggs and things, you know, background information, but in terms of meaningful characters and and things brought up, this had some cool Superman-related mythology stuff, so I liked that. Um, But yeah, there are some questionable things that happened into it, but I thought it was another strong episode. I I don't think it was as bad as you mentioned, but uh, some cool stuff. And something else I wanted to mention with season two and... We didn't mention last episode, really. The The show has not dropped down in quality when it comes to production. The visuals, the score, all of the acting, everything there, I think is just as strong in season two, if not better, than it was in season one. So anybody worried about a, a sophomore slump does not have to worry about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. The special effects and, and music and everything, like you said, it has not fallen off at all. And I, I will agree with you, too, that there's so many references to the comic books and like deep references and stuff like that, that it sets up a lot of stuff that is hopefully going to be really good about the season. But we'll, we'll talk about some of the things that I just didn't like <laughs> in this episode. No, that that's true. And I think there's a little bit of, we're, <laughs> I don't want to call this filler, but we're waiting for stuff to happen more so. And yeah. it's more setting the stage. I think part of that is, it being a season two episode, but it also relies heavily, you know, an early season two episode, but relying heavily on season one. I think it worked more than it didn't, but um, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on, on some of this stuff. Let's let's get into the pot and see what it's all about. Yeah. So we start off and Lois is making a giant breakfast and she is really bad at making eggs. Um, and it doesn't, she's basically, she's making a giant breakfast because she wants to connect with Natalie and it doesn't really work out because Natalie's vegan and every single thing that she made is not vegan. I thought that was cool. Um, a fun way to start it. I was. I don't think I've ever confused Lana Lang and Lois Lane before. But when I saw all the cooking before it revealed yeah. the, the shot of the Kent Kent kitchen, I was surprised that that was Lois because Lois historically in live action is depicted as not a good cook. And this yeah. is this. Uh, it's kind of like one of her fun character quirks. Uh, so I think that was fun to see that she was trying. She also maybe didn't succeed at making the eggs just right. But I thought that was fun, and I thought it was cool of Lois to try. It's not something you would expect. We always see her doing, you know, making or picking up takeout food and all that kind of stuff. But a home-cooked meal from Lois, I think it's cool that she does something out of the ordinary to try um, for Lois. And and there's a a payoff, kind of a payoff for that later in the episode. Mm -hmm. And just a tip for any of you home chefs. If you're making scrambled eggs, the scrambling comes before you put the eggs in the pan. You scramble eggs and then you put them in. You don't need to constantly stir them while they're in the pan. You're going to end up with just a pile of mush like she had. But no, I digress. That's, some people <laughs> like mushy eggs. Yeah. <laughs> On dried eggs. But this this whole scene's fun and it's nice to see. I, I like having John Henry and Natalie there. They add to the household and they're nice to have around. Uh, there's just funny moments of like, you'll get used to the roosters and both of the boys answer in unison. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah, I think Lois shook her head too. That was really fun. I like that. And it was a fun opening scene. I don't know how I'm going to love the the Ironses being there long term, but in the short term, it's a, it's a fun little thing to look at. Yeah, it's working for me so far. Uh Clark has a vision and he collapses and he, he finally explains what's been happening to Lois and, and John Henry. And Lois thinks that maybe he's having visions of Krypton being destroyed and that they could be memories from 
the eradication process and having Zod inside of him, all of that. And so they're worried that maybe the same thing is going to happen to Jordan. That was smart of Lois to go to the Zod stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's a planet being destroyed. That's a logical explanation. I will say this is um, probably the first offense in the questionable, if not poor, decision-making by Clark this episode. This would be strike one. Uh, not 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 telling, not mentioning to Lois. He had multiple visions last episode. He does say she had other stuff going on, but I mean, maybe a line. Hey, uh, yeah, sometimes yeah, I'm Superman, but the last couple of days I've been occasionally incapacitated right. and uh, <laughs> been put in real trouble, and I have no idea what's causing it. Maybe something you want to you want to pass along to your wife. Yeah, and I mean, since you're bringing that up now, that that is one of my biggest gripes with this episode and kind of looking back to the first episode too is things like that that seem out of character for clark that are they're using it to serve the story but the story purpose they're serving is okay let's separate lois and clark so they can have their own stories and be doing their own thing which is one of the biggest things that we keep talking about is we want to see them together working on stuff uh more often and yeah it it doesn't really fit with the characterization of clark that i like and it only serves the purpose of separating them so it's it's not great yeah. Uh yeah, I, I will I will agree with you and, and have more on that later. Yeah. Uh we get to see the kids at school. Jordan and Sarah have a, a pretty awkward lunch until Natalie arrives and kinda saves the day by uh talking to Sarah about uh Kyle's car and finding out that Natalie likes to fix all this stuff and so Sarah and Natalie quickly become friends, which is which is cool. I think they they do have a lot in common. I think they'll they'll have a good friendship. Yeah, because this the Sarah stuff is pretty short i guess we can talk about it all at once uh what do you think of of her and jordan and and natalie and all that stuff uh so yeah like i said she and natalie together i really like i i like seeing them bond together and uh having i like sarah as a character and i like seeing her have moments with, with other characters but then the whole thing at the end with like revelation about kissing a girl at camp and she it was really confusing she likes her but she didn't want to date her she's just like wanted to have somebody to i don't know make out with at camp which is kind of weird and i can totally understand why jordan is upset but yeah it's i don't know it's teenage drama so i'm not gonna pretend to understand what was going on uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I i will i will agree with you there but i think it's intentionally awkward i think yeah <laughs> confusing because i think it's supposed to be confusing to us because that is reflective of sarah's feelings she's probably a little confused right now and yeah and doesn't know exactly what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I do feel bad for for Jordan. I don't know how they they left things there, but I'm thinking this is probably the start of a larger for journey journey for Sarah, and she needs to, well, and, and Jordan too. But they kind of need to figure out who they are and uh, where things are going with them. But yeah, it was. I thought they handled it well. I'm glad they didn't hold out the reveal for yeah. several more episodes of of what's going on with Sarah. Um, but I do think it, I kind of do feel like if they're going to be a teenage, partially a teenage show that they need to do this. And this is a, a confusing part for a teenager's life. So I didn't, I kind of like that Sarah stuff. I don't like that. She <laughs> kind of cheated on Jordan, yeah. but um, I like that. She's, you know, you said it was confusing and I didn't think it was terribly confusing, but I do get where you're coming from uh, that. She's, she's got mixed feelings. I did like the Sarah and Natalie bonding over the car and stuff. Uh, I do think, I do wonder if Kyle's going to get upset about that. Cause he was really working on that to, bond with sarah so i wonder if that's a complication uh my one nitpick about the scene i like sarah and natalie individually but they're both kind of far removed from from clark and lois and with having such a big cast uh 
focusing, it was a short scene, but it focusing on characters that aren't directly related to Superman and Lois. I guess you can say Natalie is now, um, unless she's living in the house, but that's my only concern if that's a bigger storyline going forward. Um, but other than that, I thought that was, I think it's interesting with Sarah. She had season one, she had everything kind of together and season two, I think she's, uh, trying to figure things out. And I, I do hope that it leads to, or I guess my prediction would be that it leads to farther down the season, Jordan revealing maybe that he has powers or something like that to Sarah. Cause he's, he's been keeping a lot of secrets from Sarah, not necessarily bad secrets, uh, um, but he is, he's not telling her all the truth all the time. Sure. Uh, and then the other kind of big conflict in this episode is Lois and Chrissy. So Lois goes to the Gazette and Chrissy is upset. She's listening to a podcast uh, about a story that Lois wrote about a cult leader whose name is Allie Alston. Um, she wrote this story a long time ago and she had a bunch of secret sources. One of them was a family member, um, but apparently one of the secret sources is like recanting their side of the story. And that's kind of where the conflict is for, for Lois and Chrissy the whole time, because Chrissy's really worried that this is going to rain down on the Gazette and kind of take them all down with Lois. Yeah. So at first I was like super excited because Chrissy says, Lois, you know that story you wrote? And I was like, oh my gosh, Lois actually wrote a story. Yeah. And then it was like, no, years ago at the Daily Planet. <laughs> oh, okay. So she still she still hasn't written any for the Gazette. Uh, but that aside, yeah, they're really getting into it here. Um, that A side note, if anybody doesn't know, Allison Mack from Smallville was involved with a cult uh, and has been arrested for that. And I believe she's still in prison for that. If you want to look in that story, go ahead. But it, it seemed very uh, topical directly that I thought at one point I thought Lois was actually going to mention her cousin Chloe as the one yeah. being in the cult. Um, yeah, that was a surprising story. Yeah, I was, it was very shocking to see them go like that on the nose that far to on the nose has a negative connotation, but like to actually kind of bring in real life events like that, I was not expecting that. Um, but I'm sure this story is going to spiral out into something bigger as the season goes on. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is a, a cult story is something that obviously it may, maybe it has nothing to do with that. It's just hard to, in the context of Smallville and uh, Chrissy Beppo has been compared a little bit to the Chloe Sullivan character. Uh, so to see her bring up the cult thing, I thought it was a little surprising that they went they're going there, but I don't have a problem with it because I think it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where the story goes. I like yeah. what they are. I think, I think this is another one where we can kind of just talk about the whole part of the story at once because it's not, it's not a huge part of the episode, but it, it turns out that that family member is uh, Lucy Lane, Lois's sister. So that is how she's going to get introduced. And she also mentions that she hasn't talked to her since the story came out. And she is the one who is she is the source that is recanting and saying that the story is no longer true. So it, it looks like Lucy Lane is going to be coming in with a bit of conflict and some baggage into this uh, show. Yeah, uh, that's surprising for, for Lucy to go that route. I think that's an interesting way to take it. Man, I, Lois has some, some family drama. Uh, I think that's going to come to the forefront. And that's something we asked for in season two to get more of Lois's family backstory yeah. and stuff. So I'm curious how that all yeah, I'm curious for Lucy to show up and how all of this uh, fits in together. Uh, and then we get another maybe not great decision from Clark. Uh, he goes to see Tal Rowe and Tal Rowe's just kind of chilling in a red library. <laughs> He's got a lot of books and some red lights to keep him under control. But uh, he Superman wants to know if the eradication process has caused him any lingering side effects. Um, Tal Rowe is powerless now, but he has not, had no side effects 
at all, he says, but he wants to take Superman to his fortress, the desert fortress, and run some tests. So did you believe Talro? Not for a microsecond. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I think Clark is smart enough to not trust him either, but it appears that he's not. He, yeah, he keeps an eye on him, but there, this, this, that part did feel going to see Tal and stuff. That felt a little tropey. Like this show largely avoided superhero and TV drama tropes in season one. And this is kind of one of the things that felt maybe a little tropey. Like, oh man, I don't, I don't think I, anybody, sh- I don't think I should work with this guy. And then it comes back to, to bite you. Shocker. Who would have seen that coming? You yeah. could argue it works out for Clark, but the decision making to work with Tal, that was highly questionable yeah. to go and see him in the first place even. Yeah. And we'll, we will keep talking as the episode goes on, but I, I didn't like Tal Rowe in the first season. And so all the callbacks to him and having him be a major part of this is not something I really wanted to see. So that was, yeah, I, I wasn't super excited to see him show up in this episode. Yeah. yeah and I didn't love the, the Tal Rowe or the multiverse stuff from last year. And that, that was kind of brought up and, and made it feel like it. I like that season. The first episode was a bit of a breath of fresh air going in new ways and stuff, but they they went back to that a little bit here, which makes sense. But if it wasn't some of my favorite stuff, then that makes me like it a smidge less. Yeah. Uh, But at the mine, Lois and Chrissy interview Dr. Faulkner, who is the person who is in charge of the mine uh, and is there maybe investigating some of the earthquakes. She's trying to figure out what's causing those. Um, And they're they're also talking about the fact that they're extracting ex-kryptonite. Her and her company are trying to keep it out because they're the ones who can keep it safe. Uh, Ameritech is the the company that is doing that. Yeah, that's that's a company from the comics that John Henry has had ties to in the past. So I thought it was a cool... I'm glad they brought that in. Uh, and then Kyle and Lana have set up a campaign event, and then we can kind of talk about all this together because it doesn't have a, a huge impact on the rest of the episode. But uh, as as we both suspected it, not surprising at all, Daniel Hart has dropped out. He, he got a job offer or something, but basically it just turns out that Lana is going to run for mayor. Uh, but it was a nice moment because Kyle runs home from work and he's really excited and he's told Lana he's collected all these signatures and he really wants her to run. And she's like, well, that's good because I just filled out all my paperwork and I am running. So it was nice to see them independently come up with that idea and be supportive of each other. Yeah. I thought it was a cute TV scene and to see them on the same page. I was surprised it took them. It kind of seems obvious from the outside coming in. Maybe it's not as obvious in universe, but like, yeah, yeah, Lana should probably run. She seems to know what's going on and stuff. So I'm glad they, again, I'm glad they didn't drag this out several more episodes and say, you know what? Maybe I should, I should run. So I'm glad they did that. Although Lana, you're going to run for mayor again, maybe run that by your family first yeah i don't know <laughs> before filling out the paperwork her and clark both had some some questionable decision uh back at the farm lois asked john henry for tips with connecting with natalie and it, it, it's really nice to see these little moments and especially because she she wants that but she also wants help with trying to figure out what's going on with the mines and john henry is very adamant that he doesn't really want to get sucked in anything he's definitely not putting the suit back on uh, because he wants to be there for natalie and he doesn't want anything to to take away from that. So it's really nice to see John Henry's commitment to Natalie and her, her well-being like that. And I like these little moments that we get between him and Lois. It was, it was probably good advice for John Henry to tell Lois just to be herself because yeah. Lois pretending to be a, a 1950s housewife and, and cook a four course meal for breakfast. That's not Lois Lane. And so <laughs> I'm glad she's not, you know, I thought that was good advice for her. She, I think it was cute how she was kind of trying really hard, but, uh, People like her because she's Lois Lane, not because she's something else. So I think that was good advice. Uh, Clark hears some gunshots and screaming at an airport and has to fly off to to stop some some guy. Uh, it, 
a nice little touch right here, like just a, a glimpse into their personal life. He he says, tell Coach Gaines I'm going to be late and has to fly <laughs> off, like <laughs> just trying to juggle the the intense schedule of being an assistant football coach and also being Superman. I thought that was funny. The epic highs and lows of high school football, <laughs> right. as Riverdale would say. Uh, yeah, that was funny. Um, uh, so what do you think about this this bad guy here and, and Clark fighting him? Yeah, so we, we get more info later, but basically he... It's Philip Karnowski who's been and he's been selling people X kryptonite. He stole a bunch of it, but he he used it to power himself up and he starts beating up Superman until Tag and some of the other new Superman show up to save him. But this was I thought something something along these lines was gonna happen where Superman wasn't gonna be able to to save the day and they were gonna have to step in and and save him. But I, I didn't know it was gonna happen this early in the season and it it happens all so fast. I thought it was going to be a bigger thing, but that being said, it it was kind of cool to to get that progress in the story going already because it was. I think it's an interesting storyline to follow, and it, I'm I'm glad they're setting it up already. Yeah, and this is where the the visions started to annoy me, which is maybe the point. Yeah. Uh, that like, oh man, just a nice little break. Let's go have Superman bust up some dude with weird powers. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, what he's trying to do, what the bad guy wants, or whatever, but. A nice little quick fight, at? and then I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, don't know. Well, he's a bad guy. He shoots at stuff. Uh, I'd have to to relook at that. But I was I was really looking forward to that, and then again, like oh, Clark flops on the ground. I can't do anything. So I I think this is intentionally supposed to be annoying us at this point. Like Superman can't be Superman. Uh, it is a little frustrating because they did a lot in season one with depowering Superman or making him. You know, whether it be Kryptonite or Red Sun or Mind Control, whatever they they did a lot of episodes that were Superman can't just be Superman, and they they've gone into it again heavy the first two episodes here. So I'm kind of ready for him to to be back to being Superman. So I'm glad he these visions are starting to wear on me. I guess I, w- I want to see him back. Yeah, especially because we got to see some him in really cool action sequences in the first episode. There, we don't really get to see any of that in this because he is constantly being crippled by those, those um, visions, like you said. It was nice to see Tag show up. I think that's his first time since episode six, was it, of yeah. season one? And we you know, find out he's 18 now uh, and has been recruited and is in action. Um, but it was cool to see him. And he, unlike those other two muscle, you know, those two guys, the two, the, the, the man and the woman who are just muscle, uh, Tag actually has a little bit of compassion for Superman. And yeah. they have a personal connection from last season. So that was cool to see Tag, even in a briefly show up, seem concerned for Superman. Yeah, it was it was nice to see that, and then Lieutenant Anderson kind of gives it to to Superman. He is he's not a very nice guy so far, um, but basically he tells Superman that he is on his own and to stay out of the way. That he's more of a liability. So yeah, I I don't think we're going to end up liking Lieutenant Anderson if if you already didn't like him. Yeah, I don't. But this is interesting. Like that this bad guy was getting XK and trying to sell it, and as Anderson says, everybody wants superpowers. Mm-hmm. That is. Something that could be really fascinating, how they handle that um, in a world, especially if you look at the, the larger universe, it seems pretty easy to get superpowers yeah. in this universe. Everybody's got them. There's so many people uh, all over the world just running around with superpowers doing whatever. And so thinking naturally, casual people, you know, regular civilians might want to try to get their hands on superpowers and especially the military might find it as their advantage to collect things. I think Doomsday Clock was it that briefly sort of touched on um, having almost like a metahuman arms race. 
I think that's, I don't know if they're going that direction, but I think that's really interesting to think about all of these different countries. Are they just trying to collect as many superpowers as they can? You know, is this the new arms race? Yeah. And I, I hope we get to see some more people with, with different powers uh, because I like seeing Superman fight against that. That was, I think, a thing that we both wanted to see more in this season when we were talking about it before it came out was different villains with different powers. So uh, a whole bunch of black market X kryptonite might be a way to do that. Uh, meanwhile, John Henry and Lois are hanging out at the mines uh, trying to investigate what's going on. And John Henry has a really brief flashback of seeing his planets, Lois, um, and probably comparing the two and maybe longing for his wife. So I, I don't know if much more is going to come of that, if they spend a lot more time together, but it was just something interesting that popped up in this episode. Yeah. Um, this is where it hit me that if Natalie going to high school and seeing her old friends, but different was a bad idea. Why is moving in with her mom, not mom, a good yeah. idea? I guess Lois knows about it. So that's different. She can actually, they can actually all talk about it together that, you know, everybody knows the situation. Uh, and, you know, there are benefits to her being in Smallville as a different school. And she's already made a friend, it seems like. And uh, there's some potential story there. But I did think that was interesting. Is is this any better for John Henry and Natalie? It's, or is it just yeah. the same thing in a different way? Yeah, I, I can see this kind of blowing up at some point. Also, I think we've, we've seen more romantic moments between John Henry and whatever Earth Lois than Clark and Lois. Yeah, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> uh, back at the school, the football team is lifting and Jonathan can't do much. There's a guy who he thinks is on steroids who has been lifting a whole bunch. So that was Timmy, right? The quarterback? Timmy. Yes. <laughs> Timmy. Uh, yeah, Benjamin, Benjamin 315. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then Jonathan's got his almost comically small dumbbell in there. Uh, I'm assuming he still has to do some rehab, so that's why he's doing it. Yeah, I, I think I think we can we can jump to that as well. Jonathan saying suspecting Timmy of using performance enhancing drugs that seemed like a bit of a leap. Yeah, there. Um, I don't know that he has anything to go on that other than just jealousy. Yeah, and it, it might just be that jealousy, or it might just be the the TV thing where everybody everybody's first guess is right because we don't have enough time to go through a bunch of wrong guesses. Yeah, or is is maybe Timmy got some X kryptonite. Oh, like, hey. <laughs> uh, like that episode of, of Smallville where the baseball players oh, yeah. <laughs> start knocking out home runs <laughs> with a uh, kryptonite inhaler. It might very well be a situation like that. Yeah, that's can... another thing. Maybe the ex-kryptonite, you know, some athletes, they need to get tested for XK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I'm assuming this is setting up for more storylines this season of Jonathan kind of being jealous of, of Jordan and maybe mad about uh, things he can't and can't do. Speaking of which, uh, Clark shows back up at home and he he's like, oh, Jordan, tell your mom that I'm going, I'm taking Tal to his fortress. <laughs> like, you, you're Superman. You can just fly to her and tell her that <laughs> real quick. Like, this is seems pretty important. And then even worse, Jordan's like, well, can I come with you? And he's like, well, okay, oh, sure. let's not tell your mom, though. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, it seems like a really bad decision. And it turns out to be a bad decision. Yeah, it kind of works out. Yeah, this is a trifecta of poor decisions by Clark, not telling Lois and the family about the, the visions, agreeing to work with Tal, and taking a 15-year-old whose main convincing argument is that he's having a tough time with his girlfriend. Right. That being his reason for going. Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. It's weird to see. Um, yeah, I think bringing Jordan 
is just a highly questionable decision, even though he's got powers. Um, Tal, especially at his fortress, has access to who knows what. And we see, you know, he probably could have killed Jordan easily if he wanted to. Or who knows, you know, what else could happen. Yeah. Uh, that being said, once we're at the fortress, Jordan does have some fun little quips and stuff. He says, I like dad's fortress better. Um, and he, he kind of gives it to Tal later on too. Uh, but Tal brings back a hologram of Lara L, Lara Lorvan, where, whatever you want to call her, but Clark's Cal's mother and also Tal's mother. Um, and then he and Lara L have an argument. And this was, this is the part of the episode where I kind of just sat there and just waited for it to be done because I really don't care about Tal Rowe. And so he is like, the actor is giving a really good performance, but I'm just not feeling it because I don't care about this character in any way. So his emotional baggage that he has with his mother is just not landing with me. And maybe I'm just being a little too, I'm probably being a little too harsh and cynical, but it just seemed like wasted space to have this big emotional moment with between Tal and her when I care way more about Clark and we don't really get to see all that much emotional reconnection with his mother. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I took it quite that negatively, but I totally get where you're coming from there. Uh, that was a cool moment for Laura. Uh, you know, we should say I was really glad to see Laura, but we need to, to, I'm at least thinking in the back of my head, this very well could be some sort of trick that Tal has either now or in the future. Um, who knows how this, even if this is actual, actually her with her memories how do we know that it's not manipulated to do something in the future or she can't trick clark or betray clark some point in the future even if not this episode maybe clark revisits her and tries to you know how do we know something doesn't happen here i assume if tal Rowe can betray you he will probably do that oh yeah and he still has the same goals of restoring krypton on earth basically wiping out all of humanity so uh it's really tough to to trust anything involved with it it does make me worry or wonder now that superman's fortress is destroyed and not working and the crystal with uh his father in it is destroyed and not working is this going to become the new fortress or are they going to go here all the time without tal and and talk to his mother um i don't know if that's going to end up happening or not i don't know or can he just take the crystal to his fortress maybe i'm not entirely sure how kryptonian technology works Got most of it figured out, most of it down pat, but I, I think I've got a, a few courses left before I get a degree in Kryptonian studies. <laughs> uh, John Henry and Lois notice some seismic activity where they're at. Um, and this is, we just get a whole bunch of quick cutting back and forth between the fortress and and uh, Lois and John Henry. Uh, but this is where Clark is talking to his mother, the hologram, and, and trying to figure out uh, what is going on with his visions. And Jordan gets sassy with him <laughs> and with Tauro. Um, and I liked that that back and forth uh, until Superman has a vision and collapses. And Tauro, of course, breaks out of his handcuffs because guess what? He does have his powers. He's been lying this whole time. Um, no I, way. I feel like there could have been a way to test this, uh, but they didn't run conclusive enough tests, I guess, to figure out that he actually does still have powers. And so we get to see him fight with Jordan. And, and Jordan actually holds his own and is protecting his dad. I'd like to, to see that. It's a good kind of marker to see how far his his powers have progressed so far yeah again not knowing the kryptonian technology other than taking tal out to a yellow sun and punching him to see if his head falls off i don't know how you could have, i don't know if there is a way to test that I'm, I'm, i can go with that and and say that but i would still if you're clark you got to think in the back of your mind he just had a red sun bomb why would why why would he have any reason to believe that's not temporary yeah um so 
yeah, not surprising. They have a fight there. Jordan later says he he thought he could have taken Tao. Yeah. I mean, he does punch him a couple times, but huh. I think Tao probably could have snapped his neck pretty yeah. easily if he wanted to. Um, and we're still not clear on how, obviously, they say Jordan's powers have progressed, but what is his potential? What's his upside compared to what Jor-El said in season one and all yeah. that? Um, it's still kind of vague. Yeah, Superman comes back too, and he beats up Tal, and he is quite upset that he has been hurting Jordan, understandably. And uh, it's it is it's kind of scary to see that amount of rage in Superman, but it's totally justifiable when he's protecting his son. Um, but as this is all going on, the miners are deep down uh, in the cave, and they hear breathing and get attacked by something. Um, but one of the the miners sets off explosives to stop it, and that makes the the seismic activity stop. Well, there we go. That thing that punched its way out from the last episode. It's totally gone uh, now. <laughs> what a bummer. What a what an underwhelming big bad. That <laughs> just one explosive. Thank you, Miner. We uh, didn't even get to know your name. Yeah. But you sacrificed yourself and took out the big bad. So it's just going to be happy times the rest of the season, right? That That is 100% correct. It's just going to be 10 episodes of Harvest Festival. There we go. Well, 13 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> That would that would actually be cool, Parks and Rec style. Um, yeah, building <laughs> save Smallville with our Harvest Fest. I'm game with that. Yeah, no, uh, whatever this thing is in the uh, down in the mines, I thought it was really cool how they portrayed it. I kind of wanted to see like, okay, let's get an up close full reveal. Yeah. What's this thing look like? But I did like how they played it almost like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing's kind of like the Boogeyman, almost like Michael Myers. It's just kind of appears this big shape appears out of nowhere and. And Laura says she knows what's wrong with Cal, but we, we don't find that out to the end of the episode. We get some stuff in between there, uh, such as Superman taking Tal back to prison. And he tells him that Laura still thinks that there's good in him, but he Cal doesn't believe it, but he wants to, which I, I thought was a, that was a really nice line to have that character say. Yeah, it's, it does. Yeah, I do wonder how this all fits together. If he's, you could argue his questionable decision making uh, that we, we kind of made fun of or we're frustrated with is due to his optimism, but it comes off more as naivety. If he is, especially if he doesn't think there's good in Tal, and maybe that's just something he's saying to his face and wants to believe um, or thinks there's something there. But if he really doesn't think there's anything good left in Tal, then it's very dangerous, especially extra dangerous to work with him. So um, I'm curious. I think I'm sure they'll, this won't be the last we see of Tal. Um, yeah, I'm going to try really hard to to like him being included in the show and not be just negative just because I, I didn't like him in the last season. I'll try to give him a, a fresh start. He at least provided some good comedy this episode. Yeah. He was kind of standing, he's kind of standing back <laughs> and just making remarks of Clark and Lara and all that. Um, but the thing that Lara told Cal is that some other being is causing the visions. And then John Henry is very smart and he, he ties them to exactly when the earthquakes are happening. So now they know that the the two things are related. There's some sort of being that's causing the earthquakes and it's causing Clark's visions. Yeah, and something interdimensional there. I should have written down all the, the terminology. Oh, yeah. Um, Clark says something interdimensional and they, they realize these punching. So that makes sense. That's I assumed after the first episode it was something other than... I didn't assume it was the thing in the minds causing the visions because it happened even when Superman was on the other side of the world. But yeah. Here it's just it's not a proximity thing. It's whatever is going on down there is uh, whenever that happens. Obviously, it impacts Clark. Yeah. So I wonder if there's some sort of like gateway or something down in the mines to another dimension, and that's what what is causing that all to happen. 
or it's something that it could be something that whatever happened with Tal down there last season, uh, something something could have happened, mm-hmm. right? Whatever. I don't know if it brought something in from another dimension or from another planet or or what. However, that works. Um, but something happened, obviously. Yeah. And then the uh, the stinger we get right at the end is Dr. Faulkner is maybe not all that she is saying she is. She's maybe not the best person. She's on the phone and she says, you were right. Something came through and it's even more powerful than we hoped. Who is she talking to? Why does she know this stuff? Why can't anybody just be a nice person? <laughs> These are the questions I have. <laughs> that would be really boring. Uh, I know. That would be really boring. <laughs> um, yeah. First off, who do you think? Do you have any guesses who she was talking to? Well, it's not Tal Rowe, uh, unless he has a phone like stuffed in one of those books in his library uh it would be cool if i still don't know like if the real morgan edge if there is a, a different morgan no. edge on this planet but there's not is there uh I yeah Could I, it... I don't think it would really make logical sense if that was <laughs> no uh but just purely coincidence. no she's probably talking to L- lieutenant anderson would be my guess they're looking for some extra super strong being to help protect america and we will totally have control over it at all times and there's no need to tell superman that would be my my first guess nothing bad will happen yeah yeah that was my first instinct too uh especially because anderson mentioned something about how they got amertech right into the mines so it, it was their doing so i would be surprised if it's not anderson i know i mean there's possibilities it's someone else that we haven't met yet or somebody that we have met um i know some people are hoping it's it's lex Luthor or who knows mm-hmm. uh, something like that but i think anderson is the makes the most sense based on what we've seen so far um so yeah like i said i there's a lot of things i'm just kind of frustrated with in this episode but going back through it and actually talking through it again i i, I do like it more than i think i i had a bad taste in my mouth after i watched it but going back and talking about it there is a lot of good stuff that happens in this and it's setting up a whole lot of things that i'm going to be interested in yeah i've got a few quick criticisms but i thought overall it was pretty enjoyable and did a lot of good stuff. Um, I think it, I think it is partially that it's setting the stage for stuff to come back in. I'm, I'm curious about it. All right, well, that's it for this episode. If you want to know any, get into the preview of next week's episode, uh, news coming up, and comic book stuff that was from the episode, we'll be talking about it now. So you have been warned. Uh, minor thing, there's a Lana and Kyle are holding Engine City print shop or something, boxes. Mm-hmm. I have the shirt. Engine City uh, is involved with the death and return of Superman story. I will. That's all. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it up to Hal Jordan, or he might cry, try to murder the universe. Uh, Amertech obviously is from the comics. Doctor Kitty Faulkner. I'm assuming it's Kitty. She's also a, a character from the comics. She comes rampage. She's not quite the 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 character we meet here. Isn't quite like the the Faulkner from the comics. Although most of the characters in this show aren't. Um, she's really smart. That's kind of, that's kind of the thing that carries over so far. Yeah. We don't know enough about her character really to judge though, but I was really excited to see her show up because that's kind of a, a relatively obscure character that I've, I kind of like whenever she popped up, she was usually involved with star labs, which was, which comes from a Superman. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, I was pretty excited to see her pop up. Yeah. The, it was one of the names that I, I didn't immediately know who it was, but they, they said it enough times clearly enough that you're supposed to pick up that name and go look up who it is so i uh yeah i'm glad to see uh people like that coming in from the comics yeah and she becomes rampage who is she's not a huge character mm-hmm. um but rampage is kind of a hulkish type creature a little bit jekyll and hyde-ish yeah 
There's also Philip Karnowski, who we, we mentioned before. He is Barrage in the comics, uh, but more importantly, he's a part of the Superman Revenge Squad, which is just a team of villains you've probably never heard of who are assembled by Morgan Edge to take revenge on Superman. Uh, I don't think we're going to get the whole... I don't think we'll get a whole Revenge Squad thing, and I don't know if it'll be tied to the Morgan Edge on this um, show at all, but it's it's nice to have this kind of name drop from from the comics. But if he if he's selling X-Kryptonite to people, maybe there is some sort of group of people who feel they've been wronged by Superman who now have powers and want to get back at him. Yeah, I think, I think they could do some cool stuff with that. I don't know if this is just a one-off thing. They didn't go the full costume mm-hmm. route for Barrage, but um, that was a nice little... Glad to see that character show up. Yeah. And then Allie Alston, who is the cult leader who they mentioned um, in the comics, Alexandra Alston is Parasite. She is one of the, the parasites that um, is in the comics. And that's a, that's a character that can steal people's powers, including Superman's powers. Um, I don't know if they're going to go the Parasite route or if they're just using the name because the name is very close to Alice and Mac, who, who had a cult, um, or just have a comic book name. But it seems like that storyline, at least, is going to end up being important in the show. So we'll have to see if there is anything with that we actually get to see the character or if it's just a, a name drop to use. Yeah, I wouldn't have caught that that reference at all for the character. I think her name was Alexandra. Uh, obviously, I'm most familiar with the Rudy Jones parasite. Um, and this one is just one of the other kind of random ones thrown in there. Um, I don't know if that character is going to show up as parasite actually in the future or what. But. Yeah. And then the last thing, Lara and everything that all of her explanations there, she brought up I don't know if they mentioned it last season, but how Cal is the only uh, traditionally made Kryptonian mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> versus they're, they're kind of genetically matched that you see um, in more modern comics. That's been the thing. Man of Steel. Man of Steel, uh, I think that they really brought up the genetically engineered Kryptonians with Cal being the only traditionally made one. They brought that they brought that here, and I thought that was really cool. Cal's the only. Cal is unique in that way among Kryptonians. Oh. Uh, Last thing, uh, did you notice how John was kind of just left out again? I mean, you can, he didn't get to meet Jor-El, he didn't get to go to the fortress, and he didn't get to meet his grandma, his computer program grandma here. This one, you, you can kind of justify all of them, but it kind of stinks for him that uh, all of this Kryptonian heritage is getting shared with Jordan, and Jonathan maybe kind of hears about it secondhand if they, I mean, do they even tell him? Perhaps, I'm, I'm assuming they tell him off screen. And apparently, um, Adam Mallinger, the, one of the writers, shared on Twitter that he, John did get an ELT last year, apparently in a deleted scene that we never saw. Um, so he at least has an ELT now, I'm guessing, assuming that's still canon. But I, I do feel bad how he's kind of left out on his own. Yeah. And I, I think it really is intentional. I think they're going to have that kind of bubble up throughout the season and, you know, jealousy and then kind of... Um, justified anger of being left out from stuff but yeah that he it was definitely very prevalent in this episode that he is not getting the same kind of uh, opportunities in time that jordan is yeah and if we're going to call cps on clark for bringing jordan we definitely would for if he brought jonathan along so it's understandable uh that he's not brought along that would be much worse even since he doesn't have any powers but uh it just kind of stinks and i'm, I'm assuming it's intentional at this mm-hmm. point otherwise it's quite the oversight all right, the the last last bit of news, David Ramsey it appears is going to be showing up again as John Diggle. Todd Helbing told TV Line. Um, he didn't say when. He just kind of said, oh, I'll be back in the future. We'll see him before long. Now, I don't know. After this came out, uh, there was news of that Justice U 
TV show that mm-hmm. he, David Ramsey is going to be directing and starring in. And it's also going to be written by um, Michael Narducci is going to be co-writing it, who co-wrote this episode. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to have any ties to Superman and Lois and maybe Tag Harris and, and some of those other characters, or if it's just uh, just a coincidence dealing with similar themes there. But uh, it sounds like Diggle will be popping up again on the show. Yeah, and I, I liked how they used him in the first season. It wasn't huge. It didn't detract from anything. It, it's it's easy to bring in these characters and kind of have to morph the story around it, and it kind of detracts from the story. But I think they did it in a good way in the first season where it just added to the story. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, next episode, The Thing in the Mines. I wonder what that thing in the mines is. Yep. There's a, a really small trailer for it. Uh, General Sam Lane's coming back. We get to see him. I'm excited about that. I wonder what he's been up to. But other than that, not a whole lot to take from it. Yeah. Real quick teaser. But I, I think we're going to find out whatever is in the mines. It looks like Clark's still having visions and all that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to, to next week's episodes for sure. All right. That's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon.